This is Cultivating Convos with the Ohio Department of Agriculture. And it's fun to have everyone else kind of get a little insight into what we do. Farmland forever. Actually, that was the next question I was going to ask you. Shelby, <laughs> let's wrap <laughs> this thing up. <laughs> Welcome everyone to, let's call it the holiday edition of Cultivating Convos, Ohio Department of Agriculture's weekly podcast. I'm Shelby Croft and Megs is here with me today. Happy holidays, everybody. We are uh, excited and all in red today as we are <laughs> recording. We're ready to rock. Yes, we are. Correct. Yes. We're yes. happy to be here. Happy holidays, everybody. Well, Megs, you got to do something fun this week and which kind of inspired inspired this podcast. You, you and Dr. Yoakum took a bit of a field trip. We did. Um, we were at Clearview Farm last week um, and Dr. Yoakum um, performed a health exam on one of Santa's reindeer just to make sure she'd be clear to fly. Dr. Yoakum, let's talk about um, what we did last week. Obviously, we mentioned Clearview Farm. Um, why is it important that we need that ODA needs to um, check on the reindeer to make sure they're good to go? Absolutely. So um, as veterinarians, we want to make sure that animals, especially when they're traveling and they could encounter other animals in new territories, that they are healthy and fit for their journey, that they're not spreading any diseases that could be contagious or could affect other animal populations. And so um, any animals, even pet animals, when they're moving between states are required to have a certificate of veterinary inspection, or a lot of people call it a health certificate, just stating basically those same things, that they are free of contagious or communicable diseases. And so that's part of what we were doing at Clearview Farm with their reindeer, which was very fun. Yeah, it was awesome. There were like quite a few reindeer. I stepped in a lot, a lot of poop. <laughs> <laughs> It, so is, is reindeer poop worse or better than other animal poop, Meg? Oh, gosh. You know, I've been on so many shoots, you guys, on so many farms, and it's usually cow pie, so it's pretty, it's similar. I feel like these reindeer, though, Dr. Yoakum had a pretty healthy diet. <laughs> they did. They, they feed them well. Um, this is a busy time of year for them, so they're well-fed and well-taken care of, but that also comes out the other end, too. All right, let's before we get into fun facts about reindeer, let's talk a little bit about the CVI. Obviously, that's a that's a term that's familiar with us within ODA, but I'm not sure that everyone out there understands what that is. Uh, Dr. Rosberg, could you maybe explain a little bit more about the CVI? Sure. So as Dr. Yoakum had said earlier, a CVI is CVI stands for Certificate of Veterinary Inspection. And a lot of people do refer to it as a house certificate. And what this is, is that this is a little slip of paper that um, you have your vet, whether that's for a dog or a cat or a large animal, um, it, they can be for a variety of different animals. Um, and it's basically a slip of paper that the, your veterinarian fills out that shows that they, one, examine the animal. And when they're examining these animals, they want to make sure that, again, like Dr. Yoakum said, that they are healthy and that they do not have any sort of diseases that could be spread to other animals. And then that's letting us know that this particular animal is safe to travel. Because the biggest thing we want to do is prevent disease spread from, from anywhere, but especially state to state. So a lot of times these health certificates are used 
as an animal is traveling from one state to another, going through some states or that sort of thing. But basically, uh, it is a health certificate saying that this animal is healthy. It's been examined by a veterinarian who is licensed, and they feel that the animal is fit and healthy enough for travel. And I think, too, um, and either Dr. Rosbert or Yoakum, you can take this, but ODA is really wanting to promote people to do this electronically. Yes, absolutely. So um, because all the CVIs or health certificates come through our office, so any animals that are coming from out of state into Ohio, um, ODA's animal health office receives copies of those so that we're aware of the animal movements coming into the state. Um, and those are all recorded in our databases. It is so much um, simpler as well as decreases the chance for error if this can be done electronically. Um, there are options to have it done, you know, on pen and paper, which has historically been the most common form of the CVIs. There are carbon copies, and so one copy goes to the owner, one stays with the veterinarian, one would come to the regulatory officials or the state animal health officials' office at ODA. But then that information does have to be entered um, into databases, and so it is much smoother and cleaner, much more efficient to do this electronically. And so we are really working to promote that um, type of service. There are kind of third-party services that offer different ways to do those electronically, much clearer, not trying to decipher, is that an E or a C, or what number is that? Um, it just makes things much more efficient and easier all around. So we are trying to promote that very much. So go ECBI, go ECBI. <laughs> <laughs> and another thing that I will mention is that with the paper EC or the paper CVIs, that they do need to be into the office within seven days of, uh, I believe, when the animal needs to actually travel or when they're uh, written and so it's really that can create some you know lag time too and so doing these electronic health certificates helps prevent issues with that as well very good point very good point all right i want to get to the reindeer themselves because you know i when i watched this video i just i was like oh my gosh i love these animals they're so cute um, and the, the video, you can see it out on our Facebook page uh, if, if you take a look. But I guess I'm curious, number one, how prevalent are reindeer around Ohio and what kind of animals are they? Well, I can take that one. Um, reindeer are fairly unique in Ohio. I know of about two or three um, herds that exist within Ohio. The one um, at Clearview Farm is in the area that I cover. It's actually in Richland County. Um, so I'm most familiar with that, but there are a few others as well as some elk farms throughout Ohio, um, but fairly unique, I would say. They are um, caribou technically, and that's another name for reindeer. It kind of depends where you are geographically, what they're referred to as, um, but we, especially this time of year, we're calling them reindeer, um, and that is what they are. Ohio actually has the majority of our cervid, which is the term um, for reindeer, elk, um, and several other species and deer, um, most the majority of the cervid farms within Ohio are actually whitetail deer farms. And we have um, over 300 whitetail deer farms that are licensed and active within the state. So while the reindeer are not as common, um, the whitetail deer industry in Ohio is um, definitely a strong one. And so, you know, our ODA veterinarians are, you know, you guys are giving 
all of those, at least those licensed deer firms in Ohio, you're examining them for their health. What are you, what are you looking for when you're performing that exam? Well, so typically our role with the deer farms are is more from a regulatory standpoint. So we're focusing on preventing disease spread, one, to other captive deer, but also, just as importantly, from wild deer to captive deer or from captive deer to wild deer. So a big part of what we do is helping make sure that these licensed deer farms are following all of the different regulatory requirements. And a part of that is doing fence inspection. So we will actually go out to these different facilities and inspect and make sure that their fencing, their outside perimeter fencing, is at least eight feet in height. And the reason for that is because we want to prevent any sort of wild deer from coming in and mingling with the captive deer. And we also want to make sure we don't have any captive deer that are able to get out, escape, and mingle with the wild deer. Um, so we, our involvement tends to be more from a regulatory standpoint, making sure that they're following all the proper regulations regarding uh, captive cervids or captive deer. And, and so we're doing that in a way to help prevent any sort of disease spread. No outsiders allowed. None. So I'm, I'm curious, when both of you were in med school, did you ever think, I mean, I'm sorry, in vet school, did you ever think you would be talking about things like this and dealing with reindeer and dealing with uh, the sorts of things you both do out in the field? Nope, not even close. I would have, I would have bet my license. I would have bet all the money that I had that, nope, nope, I had no clue that this is where my path would end up. <laughs> the farms and kind of all the steps that they have to go through to keep the animals healthy. Um, so let's talk reindeer. What are some fun facts the both of you have about reindeer that people may not know? I can go first. This is Dr. Rospert. Um, so one of the really cool fun facts about reindeer is that both sexes of the species, so both female reindeer and male reindeer, have antlers, which is actually fairly uncommon for deer. Most of the time, it's just the males that end up having antlers. But for reindeer, both females and males have antlers, and the females actually keep their antlers on longer. So because of that we know that Santa's reindeer were actually all female because if they are making their flight on Christmas Eve, you know, during this time, it's just the females that have their antlers still. The males would have shed their antlers already. Hmm. Girl power. <laughs> of course, we're carrying the sleigh. <laughs> of course, we are. <laughs> oh, Dr. Yoakum, do you have any fun facts? Well, I did. Um, look into this. A I did. I will admit to not knowing this before our visit last week, but um, reindeer also have some fur on the bottom of their hooves, and that's meant for traction on snow and ice, as well as to help them if they need to use their hooves as like a shovel, or even for swimming. Um, but that there's specialized fur even on the bottom of their hooves, which I thought was fascinating. And the hooves themselves are different than a lot of other cervids or even ruminants. They're kind of wider. Um, and they do look a little more like a shovel or kind of a scoop, and you can tell that they'd be better for swimming if they had to do that. So just a neat adaptation for the conditions that they're usually in. The reindeer that, that Megan and I saw live a pretty cush existence. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. If they really were at the North Pole, they would need those specialized features. So I think that's kind of neat. They can skid to a good spot on, on the roots, right? <laughs> 
And they do click when they walk. So we always hear about the, you know, Christmas song about, you know, on the up on the rooftop, you know, reindeer paws, you know, and all that. And then you're talking about click, click, click. Reindeer and, you know, Megan, you can tell me if you notice this, but when they walk, there is a clicking noise. It's a very distinct clicking noise when they walk. It's true. So Megan, that's all I got. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. That's all I have. <laughs> And confirm. All good. All right, let's move to some other animals. We were talking right before we uh, started the podcast. Uh, obviously, this is this is a the time of year that our animals can get into a lot of things, or we can get new animals. Uh, any advice just for our pets out there? Yeah. So I think that the biggest thing. Um, you know, it, it's the holidays. We all like to enjoy some tasty treats. I think that most of us are, you know, guilty of indulging in some cookies and some candy and some just, you know, delicious food. But it is really important to, and a lot of people want to share that and have their pets experience that too. And with that, I'm talking, you know, primarily cats and dogs. But it is important to remember that a lot of times, you know, by giving your cat or dog, you know, these scrumptious extra treats, you know, some of them can be very harmful um, and, you know, actually cause them to get sick. And so it's really important during this time, and I know everyone wants to be treating them, that you are, you know, very cautious and aware. So it would be a much better idea, much safer um, and healthier for the animal if you just, you know, purchase specifically cat or dog treats, um, you know, from a reputable store versus trying to indulge them, you know, certainly we don't want to be giving dogs or cats any sort of chocolate or things like that. But a lot of times, you know, the foods that we, you know, have and eat ourselves, you know, they have a lot more calories and, and for a dog and cat, it can be quite upsetting to their stomach. And so, you know, my tip of recommendation would just, you know, to be, try to hold off on giving those, those extra special treats. And if you do want to give them, you know, something special and treat them, then, you know, make sure that it's appropriate for that particular animal and that it's, it's safe and healthy for them. There are some options as far as human food, um, you know, as far as apples, as long as we're not including the seeds or green beans um, that you can, that can be safely given to two dogs, you know, actually my cat would certainly eat a green bean, not an apple, but he's kind of silly when it comes to food. Uh, so there are a few options, but in general, I think that it's pretty safe to stay with the actual cat and dog treats for those animals. I don't know, if Dr. Yoakum, if you wanted to add anything to that. Um, I think that's super important. Um, fatty foods that can cause pancreatitis, um, definitely chocolate, like you mentioned, can all be hazardous. So just extreme caution. And you may have that relative or that uncle that, you know, is trying to slip something under the table, but try to make everybody aware that um, that's your policy for your pets. And then the decorations um, can pose a little bit of a risk to, you know, um, curious puppies and kittens might want to chew on electrical cords. So if you're not going to be home, have those things unplugged, um, small decorations that they can access from a tree. Um, or somewhere else like tinsel is really bad news for cats they might be extra interested in it but not a good thing at all for them to ingest or other ornaments um, poinsettias can be troublesome and a little bit um, create a little bit of a toxicity so um, very common and beautiful at this time of year but just make sure your pets don't have access to um, plants like that or other things that could be an irritant or ingested accidentally 
Or I can attest to they shouldn't be eating elves on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we had that little accident in our house. Just saying. <laughs> that can be an expensive accident. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. All right. Well, uh, Drs. Rossbert and Yoakum, do you have anything else to add? Anything you want to talk about? I don't think yeah. I do. This is this has been fun. Um, it was real fun to um, go and be with the reindeer up close last week, even though I they got extra up close. <laughs> <laughs> they did they get extra close. close I was <laughs> we'll post that video this week, too, so everyone will know what we're talking about. <laughs> Watch the video and find out how close they got. <laughs> um, but no, just thanks so much for having us on. This has been, um, it's been very fun. And happy holidays to everyone. Yeah, I'd just like to, you know, wish everybody happy holidays and hope that everyone is able to stay safe as well. Well, thank you both again for joining us. We do appreciate it and stay safe. Everybody listen for those reindeer click clacks and have a happy holidays. Happy holidays, everyone. See you next week. Cultivating Convos is created by ODA's communications team. Make sure to hit subscribe to get the latest episodes in your feed and like ODA on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for up-to-date news about agriculture in Ohio.